0: Welcome to today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted. Today is Monday, January 10th. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing today?
1: Wow. Today is a good day. Today is a good, good day and a day to be happy and to rejoice.
0: Yes, it, it really, really is. Kyle Shanahan has proven that he continues to own to own Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams as the 49ers play. Definitely the game of our 2021 season. I think you could make a strong argument this was the game of the season, at least the regular season. A, an absolute nail-biter, an absolute thriller, and a must-win game for the 49ers. They keep their hopes alive. We were in the playoffs. I was there. And just an incredible, an incredible game.
1: I was waiting for you to say this might be one of the better games of our lives that we've yeah. gotten to witness just because of how how big that historic comeback was. Um, Niners tied the record for longest comeback in a season finale game to clinch a playoff since 1990. I, I believe
0: it's the first time Sean McVeigh has ever blown a second uh, second half lead. He was 45-0 and 0 when going into the second half with a lead. But what people forgot when they calculated that stat is that Sean McVay is Kyle Shanahan's son and he can own him any day, anytime, any place.
1: I did receive that meme seconds after the game was over. I had a friend text me that meme immediately.
0: The family picture with Sean McVay edited in? Yes. I retweeted, if you remember, like, 10 weeks ago, maybe, when Aaron Rodgers scored on the Bears and just ran up to the Bears fans and yelled, I own you! I still yeah. own you! I've always owned you! I just retweeted that saying, like, Kyle Shanahan to Sean McVay. Yeah. But what what a game. I, I agree. Definitely, I think it has to go down as the most memorable and best 49ers game since the Seattle Seahawks one of two years ago, the season finale, then the battle for the one seed. I think yeah. this one... I mean it it had the comeback the Seattle one didn't have that it had overtime and it had a little more desperation that game against the Seahawks was for was for the one seed but the Niners were going to be in the playoffs regardless this game was for for our playoff lives like the 49ers season likely Jimmy Garoppolo's time with the team would have been over with a with a loss this week. So in terms of significance, I don't know if there's a more a more memorable victory. The two Super Bowl losses and a couple NFC playoff losses with under of the Jim Harbaugh 49ers sting sting as well. But I don't think any game, I agree, in my lifetime had the amount of significance, excitingness, and end in a victory as as this game. That was just that was everything you could want, want in a football game. And it was just you gotta have
1: all yeah. those three things.
0: We essentially
1: watched two separate games is how I see this
0: because yeah. the first half
1: was pretty much atrocious where the Rams were just running all over us. Tyler Higbee had two touchdowns. Cooper, Cooper Cup, Cup was getting was them Cooper in the red zone all, all first half. Um, our defense wasn't doing anything. Our offense certainly wasn't doing anything either. And we end the half with a 17-3 deficit. And yeah. I was not a happy camper after the first half.
0: Uh, No, neither was I.
1: But leading up to this game, it could have been a whole lot worse. The week leading up after our podcast, we see that Ambry Thomas, Kwon Williams, Dante Johnson, and Jimmy Ward all go to the COVID list.
0: All on the COVID list. Raheem Mostert too, for some reason. I don't like, I thought he was out, but he, he was on the COVID list, which actually prayers up for Raheem Mostert, his son. I don't know if you saw this, Raheem Mostert's young, like, Young baby son had to get rushed to the hospital for complications from COVID. I, I last I heard, he was totally he had recovered and was fine. But I'm sure, I'm sure that's super wow. scary. So prayers up for the moster. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and so all, all the pretty much all those defensive backs were on the COVID list. Uh, Trent Williams was questionable. Emmanuel Mosley was still on IR. And the first thing I heard is, if anything, he'll be limited. If anything, yeah. And
0: things seemed to turn around
1: because. All of those defensive backs got off the COVID list.
0: Everyone everyone huge. made it back from the COVID list, and luckily it didn't seem like anyone else went on, which is, is really nice.
1: Yeah. That was Mosley great news. Made it off the IR. He was able to start. The only big bummer is that Trent Williams was not able to suit up. And you yeah. know – He had to be real injured if he's not able to suit up and play in a do or die game to go to the playoffs.
0: That is going to be, and we'll, we'll preview next week's playoff matchup against the Cowboys in just a bit, but that, that is going to be a huge factor of how I feel going into that game of whether or not Trent is back. The Cowboys have a fierce pass rush. And as we know, Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the NFL. And so if we can get him back, that would be great news. I was a little, I know we want, we're going into the game. I was pretty shocked to see that Colton McKibbitts was, was going to be starting at left tackle instead of, instead of Jalen Moore, who, who started that there last time, uh, Williams was out. So I was surprised to see McKibbitts in there, but I mean, he, he was not like there were, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it was not a man, a manhandling. The 49ers line was put up a respectable performance. And I think, Double that with the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo gets the ball out very, very quickly does make it a little easier on the line. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree We're going in. I thought we were going to get I was I was worried about that pass rush.
1: I was more shocked about the McKibbets start over Jalen Moore, mainly because when Jalen Moore started over Trent Williams last time, he didn't do that bad. He didn't do very bad at all. Given his circumstances. Oh
0: yeah, he was um, he was good for for a rookie, and you want to even though it's week eighteen in a win or die situation, you still want to see a rookie get a chance to develop. And so that was it. Would have been I I fully expected to see him out there, and I wouldn't have been comfortable with it, but I was much more uncomfortable with the idea of McKivitz in there when that when I saw that that was happening.
1: Maybe there's something in practice that we weren't we weren't seeing, and and he was the right call to step up. So,
0: yeah, and that that really is the theme of the game. I think was guys. Was guys stepping up and we'll we'll break down everything. But I was I was telling Daniel before, I I feel pretty good about this team going into the playoffs. I don't, I don't predict a Super Bowl run, but I I actually don't think something like that is impossible. And one of the big reasons is I feel like a key weakness of this 49ers team was the secondary. And the secondary won us this game today with Ambry Thomas's incredible interception. And if that if that can patch things up our D line is really rounded into the form in the last month or so there's a couple key weaknesses of this team that that at the very least aren't weaknesses anymore. And so going into the playoffs I I I was just, it was really nice to see Ambry Thomas in the secondary be the reason we won because yeah that really means to me that that weakness might not be as big of a weakness as we thought and if that can be the case that can really that we we could make some noise. I mean, this 49ers team has not been beaten by other teams as much as we've been beaten by our own weaknesses. And so that's Absolutely. kind of why I feel going into the playoffs that, that anything can happen.
1: When we play like we did in the second half of the game, or what I call the second game, we can beat just about anyone. If yeah. we're able to play a game like that all game, we can beat just about anyone. But I understand that that is the challenging part, is to play... A solid, polished, no mistake, long drives, ending in scoring plays every drive. Like that, that is that's top level football every time you touch the football. So I get why that's unrealistic, but when we're able to put together drive after drive like that, yeah. There's not much we can't do.
0: Yeah. And then I was I was thinking about this and I think, and we'll we'll dive into the specific playoff matchup against the Cowboys at the end of the episode but since we're talking playoffs i i think the 49ers offense is actually really really well built to make some noise in the playoffs. Because one of the the trends of, of the NFL this season has been these teams running these, these two high defenses, which really, like, the Rams last season really pioneered this approach with Brandon Staley, now the head coach of the Chargers, and it's all about we're, we're just going to not let you make the explosive plays. We're going to keep two safeties back. We're going to put a roof on you, is how Brandon Staley would call it. And I don't fully understand this concept. I'm taking things that people way smarter than me have said and talking about them. But something I've been thinking about is the NFL defense this season has really been built around limiting the explosive plays. And you saw, for example, it really mess up like Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs for the first part of this season, because they were just taking away the explosive plays. But when you take away the explosive plays, you give the checkdowns, you give the running plays, you give these smaller plays and the 49ers offense is is built to, it's not death by a thousand cuts. It's built to beat you by consistently taking the smaller play that you give them. So if we go into the playoffs against a lot of teams that are running these defenses built around, not giving you the explosives, well, the 49ers are one of the few NFL teams don't really need explosives to beat you one and can manufacture explosives in a non-typical way through the run game, through these guys who can pick up yak. So I, I don't know. I just have this feeling that our team is really, really built to match up well against what the story of NFL defense has been this season. And the Cowboys don't necessarily fit into that, to be honest, but that has just been the overarching trend. And so because of that, I really wonder if just since we're so philosophically, different than a lot of the other teams in the NFL playoffs. I just wonder if that positions us to really really make some noise cuz we're we're going to be different than any other team they play.
1: But at a certain point, if you and I are able to sit here and talk about that difference in the way that we can carve up a defense that is quote putting a roof on the offense, if we're able to see that, then the guys who are paid millions of dollars to Sure. determine that for the cowboys Should i mean i don't know joe judge insane... is an nfl
0: head coach so they probably can't all do it
1: yeah um but they've got to be able to i mean they they are they you're totally right to you're totally right ways to fix that so i wonder like does that mean they just scrap that idea for a game if they're playing us
0: i don't know i mean the rams run with that idea and i i agree i don't think it's going to be it's gonna be easy, but I just think that 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 not many NFL teams are built like the Niners, and not many NFL defenses are built to stop teams like the Niners. And so that mm-hmm. that's why I see the Niners taking some noise or making some noise. And I think that could apply to some other teams in the playoffs as well. So I I don't know. I just what I'm what I'm trying to get at is I I don't see the 49ers winning a Super Bowl, but I I like don't think we're an easy playoff out. We're not your typical six seed where you can just discount us is, is what I'm trying to say. So I don't know if we want to, maybe we move on like to the, the seventh, like the Eagles in the seventh. Actually, I think the Eagles are, are intriguing as well for, for similar reasons. They've got a really interesting ground game, but I, I agree. I think they're going down to the Bucks. but let's. Let's shift gears. Let's walk through the game and then get to what I'm sure everyone is super, super excited about and talk a little bit about how we see this team faring against the Cowboys in Dallas next week in the playoff matchup, which is going to be 1.30 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday. CBS. We're probably We're kind of already went through,
1: we already kind of went through the first half where we didn't do much and yeah. we just did a lot. So, Yeah
0: the only thing I wanted to say about the first half is I was, I was texting Daniel. I was at this game. I was furious with Shanahan for keeping Jimmy in this game. When Shanahan ran, I went into this game saying like, okay, I kind of want to see Trey. I'm good either way. If Jimmy's good to go, he's been playing pretty well this year. Like I just, I don't care who plays as long as we win by the end of the first half. I'm like, we're not winning with Jimmy. This is ridiculous. Like we just ran the ball on third and 28. Like we clearly Shanahan clearly doesn't trust Jimmy. Like just put Trey out there. It's the only chance we have to win. Like, Daniel can vouch for this. I was texting him. I was done. And then, then we get to the second half and yeah. And in the second half, everything changed.
1: And it started off in a big way with a Debo Samuel, beautiful rushing touchdown right out the gate to start the second half. Um, I was throwing a football with uh, some friends and their little cousins. And we barely made it back inside in time for this touchdown because yeah. we uh someone came and came outside and yelled hey games on we all run right back inside
0: yeah so it, took it us was 10, just 10
1: seconds to get inside and it was immediately a touchdown we're like okay awesome
0: it was the 49ers going back to what to what they were good at just pounding the run game and the rams just couldn't stop it and we and Debo breaking out that run and Jimmy making the passes he needed to make it was just a a quintessential 49ers drive
1: i want to know what was said in the locker room
0: I yeah, wish seriously. that
1: sometimes we were able to see what goes on in the locker room. I understand why we don't. That's their time. That's their protected time together for Kyle to say whatever he needs to say, for the players to talk scheme. You know, they don't need young fans watching what goes on in the locker room and hearing uh, we're what is media, said actually. in those moments. Yeah, can we please be? Um, but I just want to know because our defense and offense, but mainly defense, flicked a switch and came out, roaring um defense was all over stafford in the second half armstead yeah, the d-line yeah armstead finished the game with two and a half sacks seriously and he's that wasn't someone that i was frustrated with kind of all year a so seeing that was probably armstead's sacks, best
0: game as a 49er
1: especially this season yeah yeah and then debo samuel has been a great wide receiver for multiple years we've learned this year that he can be an incredible running back but he can also throw a touchdown. Yeah,
0: Maybe he wants the, do you think he wants that quarterback money now?
1: Yeah, he does. he's going to have
0: to work on a spiral.
1: I'm almost, I'm so bummed that we weren't able to get him a receiving touchdown towards the end so that he God, could incredible. have a passing receiving and a rushing touchdown in a do or die clinching playoff game.
0: Yeah. And I, I thought that get that play was incredible. I was telling Daniel, I, I think that Debo Samuel had more passing yards on that drive than Jimmy Garoppolo. I actually think that was the only pass thrown on that drive, if I remember correctly. But that was just an, an incredible trick play. And the, the other person on the other end of that was Jawan Jennings, who almost dropped that, by the way. But he, he caught it. And and Jawan Jennings had the best game of his career by, Jennings, by far. He had that. He had another touchdown. Some clutch moments like Jawan Jennings like has become a really, really good contributor to this receiving core. Put that on top of the fact that Ayuk was our leading receiver again. And I'm I'm just beyond excited that. Again, this is another example of rounding into the playoffs of a unit kind of coming into form. We have gone from really Debo being the only reliable receiver we have to Ayuk becoming reliable over the past like month month or two, and suddenly now we have Jennings becoming a reliable receiver. That you add in Kittle to that, that's a really really good receiving core. And that, so I'm I'm very excited about that unit and and Jennings. I just could not be more thrilled to see his development, especially all culminating in, in yesterday's game.
1: In preseason, when we predicted the 53-man roster, we kind of broke it down specifically, and I think we both kind of said that we believe Trent Shurfield will be the number three receiver. Yeah. He wasn't, and then Mohamed Sanu kind of stepped up. And and I would have said Sanu next
0: if you had asked me for my second guess.
1: And then he got injured, and then there was talk about Ayuk quote being in the doghouse and not being used. And so we had a time where, and Kittle was injured during this time as well, and so we had a time where we're just going to run the ball a lot and throw the ball to Debo Samuel, and maybe someone else is going to catch the ball a time or two. But otherwise, Debo is getting like 14 touches a game, whether it's receiving or rushing. And so I think we finally found our third wide receiver on the depth chart into one Jennings. That's a prediction for next year. Obviously, we'll still have Debo and Ayuk. And I think that Jennings will be in there a whole lot as the third guy. And he will be a threat and he'll make the defense have to look at him and then take their eyes away off Debo and Ayuk and Kittle a little bit, which is great. Yeah.
0: And that's just, that was, that was great to see. So that, that drive was when it was like, okay, the 49ers could, could be in this. And that was, that got us to, oh no, that tied it up. Right. That that play, was like, oh, like this is a game now. And I remember I was, I was at this game and I was telling Daniel before, like, you know, it felt like the 49ers were done and Rams fans were, you could tell we're feeling it. Also shout out to the Niner nation. We had at least as many Niners fans there as the Rams had fans. And so that was, it was, if it wasn't a 49ers home game, it definitely wasn't a Rams home game. So that was, that was really fun. Uh, Niner nation
1: tweeted out prior to, I think it was field Yates saying that no, I don't know why field Yates Mm -hmm. came to mind. It was Matt Mayoko. And, uh, I kind of saw something from field Yates this morning, which made me think it, but yeah. Matt Mayoko had said, uh, this isn't a way game, but it definitely looks like there's more Niners fans than Rams fans here.
0: Yeah. And it, that was, that was the vibe, but, and, and everyone just felt kind of done going in at, at that 17 zero. And I remember thinking like, yeah, this feels like we're toast, but it's not, we're not down that much. Like we're not like, we could still be in this. Like, that's kind of what I, I was thinking. And then we tied it up. And at that point it was just, it was off to the races.
1: Yeah. Jimmy threw two interceptions, right? Two interceptions and one was just a freak of a catch. Oh, you mean the one to no one? Yeah. Just after a couple of tips. Oh Um, no, no, no.
0: The other one was the one to no one. The Jalen Ramsey one. What can you do? That was just a fluke. That's a
1: fluke. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, another ball was thrown behind him and he tipped it up. And it was almost intercepted, but then he was able to just get a pinky on it and push it in a different direction. So almost a very similar thing, but, you know, like Jalen Ramsey made an incredible catch off of a couple of tips. So as you said, like, what are you going to do?
0: it um, was,
1: you know, there were two balls that went right through Debo Samuel's hands. And yeah, uh, a ball that is right behind your back shoulder. That's a pretty tough ball to catch. Sure, if you have your hands there, But listeners, you can't see, but I'm doing it. And my left shoulder is very, very tight. And my left hand can't really catch a ball very well. So that's an incredibly hard spot to catch a ball. And that That happened to him twice.
0: That was a miss on Jimmy. I mean, there was one where he clearly, like, should have led him with the ball. And it was just bad ball placement. But it's always hard to see your guy touch the ball with his hands and not come down with it.
1: Always hard. Yeah, I think other than amber thomas's interception i think the biggest game-saving play was debo samuels catch right at the end of the fourth quarter i believe there was like 45 seconds left when he's done um he caught the ball i think it was maybe thrown 10 15 yards a little longer jimmy passed than we used to see uh, yeah. but he was able to make one juke around the defender and get at least 15 more yards to really put us in range with 45 seconds left to get a touchdown. that,
0: That final drive was, and that, and that's why you play Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he's not, no, like Jimmy Garoppolo has actually been really, really good in like two minute situations for the 49ers. And that's why you don't roll with a rookie if you think this team can compete. So that was, that was an incredible drive to, to go into overtime and then going into overtime, the 49ers just, they rolled, we started with the ball and we just, we rolled, I mean, we ate like seven and a half minutes off the clock going yeah. into, going into the overtime. Went to Jawan Jennings, went to Jawan Jennings uh, got it down. And then it was a field goal. Finally. Oh, speaking of, we need to, to take a second to honor the 49ers MVP of yesterday. You saw this, right? Speaking of the field goal unit.
1: You mean our punter getting destroyed and then Robbie Gold stepping yeah. in?
0: Robbie Gold, so Mitch Wasnowski, the 49ers punter, got out with a concussion. Hopefully he can come back. But Robbie Gold, the 49ers kicker, punted and was fine. <laughs> like was not bad. Like he did not he did not have bad punts. Like it took me a minute to notice that our kicker was punting. So just I this was say- a game of just this was a we need to do whatever it takes game. And just shout out to Robbie Gold for stepping up and punting. That was incredible.
1: I will say his punt wasn't punter level, again, he's a kicker, but he got no. a nice bounce. He got a real nice bounce.
0: Yeah. It was just, but like he took three or four, like he took multiple punts. Like, Did he? Oh yeah. 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 He punted at least. I mean, it was, it was not once. That's for sure. I think it was three or four. Let's see. Let's see if we can find I don't, out how many I don't uh, listeners know we'll, we'll do. Some, we'll do the research there. Maybe it was just one. I'm sorry, but I really thought he had, he had more than that.
1: I have no um, idea where to find how many times someone punted on the Report.
0: I know where the, somebody asked Pat McAfee where we find the, the punter stats for Robbie. Yeah, Gold.
1: For
0: Pat, if you're listening, you need to work with the NFL to make sure we get better punting stats. Okay. Okay.
1: But here we are. We're over time. We're Up in the three. red zone.
0: Oh yeah. So we, Sorry, talk about overtime in the red this zone.
1: This is before we got the field goal. Yeah, okay. And um, This is the drive leading up to it because I was not happy we got a field goal. Um, yes. We marched down true. the field, not multiple happy. balls to Jawan Jennings. Fun to see him get involved in such a crucial moment. I did not like the run play on second and goal. The whole end of the fourth quarter, the whole start of the overtime, we were doing short, short passes driving down the field and that's what was working. The occasional run here and there, um, I didn't like the, I don't remember the the specific run design. I just, it didn't go anywhere. And then we're third and goal and we do, I believe it was a screen pass, but there was no one around Kittle. So I don't really know how it was a screen if it was not screened. Jimmy hiked the ball, dumped it right off to the left to Kittle. He's got to throw a bullet so where Kittle can catch it and have a little time to run. It was a little too lofty, and it wasn't even that much at best. But Kittle caught it and was hit right away. Didn't even really get to take a step towards the end zone to break. And so it's fourth and goal. And I feel, like, in the moment, it felt like we just wasted two plays, and here we are getting a field goal. Yeah. Thank goodness that we did. But with the way that our defense looked in the first half, I was not – I mean the way our defense looked at any point in the game, I was not excited yeah. to go well, sh- and defend our season and need to prevent a touchdown. Should we,
0: should we talk about the tie for a second? Cause at this point I'm sitting in the stands and I have realized cause somebody tweeted it. And I think I knew this going in, but I don't think I realized on my own. So I just don't want to take credit for that. But anyway, we realized if we tie 49ers are in the playoffs and the Rams lock up the two seed, I believe with a tie after the Cardinals loss, and so everyone's talking about like last night the Chargers Raiders tie situation got gets a lot of a lot of buzz, which makes sense. It was a bigger deal, but I'm sitting there like, let's just tie. Like we get to overtime. I'm like we should we should just tie. like both teams should just kneel it. This is what's what's best for everyone. And so we were only able to tie because the Cardinals lost. Yes, but yes. The,
1: the Chargers and the Raiders knew going in if they well, tied. But
0: we them. knew going, we knew at that point that the and the 49ers were in with a tie, no matter what, obviously an NFL team yeah. is not going to intentionally tie. When you get to overtime, it's you just, just kneel on it. We're, we both get what we want. Like see you in a couple of weeks, maybe. But anyway, so we get the field goal and then the Rams are out there. 49ers put up a great defensive stand against Stafford at first, like a dominating defensive stand. And then I believe it was an offsides penalty or was it roughing the passer? There was a penalty that got, that got the Rams a first down and gave them another another shot at it.
1: Was it the Emmanuel Mosley holding
0: call in Cooper Cup? That might have been it. There was there was a penalty that got that got them another shot. And
1: That's we're up, we're really going.
0: Remember. Was this also when Was it this drive or was it another drive when Matthew Stafford threw the ball clearly to Cooper cup and OBJ tried to catch it with one hand because that was hilarious and no one's talking about this, but it was a pass that was clearly supposed to go over OBJ to another receiver and OBJ tried to do the OBJ thing and grab it with one hand. And yeah, so I think we should free OBJ. Clearly the Rams are not taking good enough care of him. So yeah. And anyway, so we get the ball. Here's the moment. The Rams have the ball. Here's the moment. They take a deep shot down the field. To Odell Beckham Jr. against rookie cornerback Ambry Thomas, who we have been furious with many, many times for not Key being target. able to stop star receivers. This is Odell Beckham Jr., who's not what he once was, but is still has been really good for the Rams after you know being freed and everything. And so yeah, he goes up touchdowns. and then Ambry Thomas comes up, grabs the ball, lands with it. My first thought was he was out of bounds. Like he didn't get two feet down. And then you watch the, but then all the players run on the field and it's like, oh. He got his butt down. Apparently we're in like, like, that's it. Ambry Thomas, the much maligned Ambry Thomas rookie cornerback for the 49ers just got a huge interception to send the 49ers to the playoffs incredible play. What an ending to the game
1: said. Many people had said that it, it was more, uh, like it wasn't there. Sorry. They're downplaying the incredible interception because the ball was underthrown compared to where Odell was. It totally
0: was. Yeah.
1: But we've seen this. The last time we played the Rams, this same thing. And uh, it wasn't as much an underthrown ball as it as it was. Odell ran the wrong route. This is when yeah. they were at Levi's and I was at this game and you got to watch this one. <laughs> yeah. And this one, the first one, the first time we played, it makes more sense. It was, I believe Odell's first game, maybe second game. So the miscommunication, I get it, but he didn't run the correct route, and then he kind of gave up, and then the last second he sprints over to hit Jimmy Ward right as he catches it. Too late, we got the interception. Same thing on this play; it was underthrown, but he just gives up. He did not try to slow down and make any attempt to block. Yeah. Avery Thomas from catching it. Granted, it was still, regardless of if anyone's around, it was. It was still a great interception. Incredible catch. Yeah, it was and, so hard to make that play. But a lot. And of that every is on Thomas, Hill in my mind.
0: The turnaround he has pulled off to come in from being a healthy scratch and just to work and just to have this incredible moment in his rookie season. I feel so much better going into next season about the 49ers cornerback room than I did last year. I think Ambry Thomas could be a star.
1: (laughs) Be real nice to see. Yeah, I would love that potential going in.
0: And I just, I feel really, really good about that. But we'll we'll break that all down after the season because the 49ers are not done yet. We beat the Rams. We locked up a six seed. And now we play the one, the only, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas next week. Daniel, how do you feel about facing the Cowboys?
1: What a historic matchup. This is... This is a fun one to see because it's got a lot of history. Um, I really yeah. hope Troy Aikman is calling this game just for the sake of seeing that. I think it be Romo and
0: Nance because it's on CBS. I know. I just want to see Romo know, call G. the game.
1: Um, I feel good. I'll be honest. The Cowboys are a good team. They yeah. have a really, really good offense led by Dak, and they're hot right now. Uh, yeah. Dak threw five touchdowns.
0: Granted, the week. Eagles the Eagles rested. The Eagles sent out their bench players last week.
1: Yeah, that is true. Um, but I believe the week before, he threw for a bunch as well. So he's yeah. coming off two big weeks. It's It still enables them to have the momentum. Um, Dak probably didn't need to play. I think their seating was pretty set. Um, but yet he did anyways. And so he did what Aaron Rodgers could not do play and continue to build the momentum because I believe yeah. the Packers lost to the Lions and Aaron Rodgers wanted to play anyways to build momentum. But Dak did that yeah, instead. Andy, so. and
0: he wanted he wanted the MVP. Little secret. That's actually why he played.
1: Yeah well that that didn't help us case I would say but um yeah Dak's got a great offense with CD Lamb who's been a little quiet of late. Amari Cooper um even Cedric Willis has made some noise the last few weeks. They're fourth receiver because third now that Michael Gallup is injured.
0: Yeah. Michael, Michael Schultz, Gallup's injury is, is something that is important.
1: Dalton Schultz was a surprise this year uh, being as good as he is. And so um, he had a, a, a nice game this week as well. So, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, great running back duo, like maybe the best offensive line in all of football. Yeah. So our defense has a mighty task ahead of them. Um, if they can play like they did in the second half, they're a force to be reckoned with. Um, Both of these are so.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think this Cowboys offense, I mean, it's, it's talked about as, as a juggernaut and it's been compared to the chiefs offense and all of this. And, and at moments they are, but they are not that consistently. Dak has had a lot of bad games this season. They've had a lot of weird games. Like I, I do think they are a very good offense, but I'm not like, they are not consistently elite. And so I, I, I do think the 49ers' defense could could slow them down, especially if the secondary continues to play as they have, and having Greenlaw back. Hopefully, he knocked off a lot of the rust this week because he was, that was he was surprise. good, but he he made some mistakes last week. So hopefully, he can be out there on was Sunday. Surprised to see him a back level. level go. Yeah, that was um, great to see. So I I do think our defense can can limit them and. And Dak does make mistakes sometimes if you if you can pressure him if you can if you can throw him weird looks. Like I the 49ers defense is really rounding into form just in time for the playoffs and so I'm I'm excited to watch that matchup of the of the 49ers defense against the Cowboys offense.
1: I think there's some similarities between the Niners and the Cowboys in the sense of they're kind of their own worst enemy. To yeah, where they can 100%. Be, they have the ability to, to be some of if not the best teams around but when we have a game like we do in the first half where yes the rams are tearing us up but we're also we're making the mistakes on our own and enabling them to cowboys do a similar thing i believe um i did not watch a lot of cowboys games i'm not a cowboys fan i am excited to pound them into the ground and i will enjoy it uh but i feel like there's some similarities in those teams um they have a good defense especially in rookie micah parsons who Mm -hmm will be a need to watch. He is incredible, incredible and he will be rushing as well. Um, DeMarcus Lawrence is, is an incredible edge rusher. We need, I don't know off the top of my head what side he lines up on either way. Would really love Trent Williams to be healthy, to be able to be there yeah. and
0: Randy, Randy Gregory as well. Um, rushing for them.
1: Yeah. Um, Trayvon Diggs is making a lot of noise. People say he could win Defensive Player of the Year because he's leading the NFL. Last I heard, it was 11 interceptions. I feel like he might have more, but 11 interceptions is a heck ton.
0: Yeah, but the the thing with Trayvon Diggs is I I don't know who made this who made this comparison. So apologies here. He is electric. He makes. Big moves on the ball. He is aggressive and he, he comes down with these interceptions, but because of that aggression, he, he gets burnt. And I want to say it might've been Steven Ruiz. One of the guys at the ringer, I think said this, he's kind of the Jameis Winston of cornerbacks. Like he has these yeah. elite plays and he has these just mind bogglingly dumb plays. So the 49ers, like, like Trayvon digs. Yes. He's had this incredible season of interceptions and this, these incredible like highlights. He's had low lights too. Like the man can be beat. So I'm scared of him. I don't want to throw in his direction, but he he can be beat. And when he gets beat, it can be really bad. And it's it's that aggression that has led to him having these interceptions that leads to him being able to be beat. But there is a chance he could just be completely burned. And so like, yes, Trayvon Diggs is a terrifying matchup for sure, but there is a a very big opportunity to take advantage of it as well.
1: I'd have to look it up to know for sure, but I saw something in the last week or two, and I I believe that it said he has given up the most yards as a cornerback. Yeah, The Jameis Winston quarterback comparison is perfect for him because he has, you know, he's leading the league in interceptions, and and Jameis, I don't believe he's also led led the the league league in in interceptions.
0: Uh, Don't forget about the greatest quarterbacking season of all time when Jameis Winston threw 30 touchdowns and 30 30, interceptions in the same season.
1: Trayvon Diggs though, is exactly what we need to be playing, because great you get interceptions, great anyone does when they play Jimmy Garoppolo, congratulations. Yeah. But I don't know who he's going to be on, Debo or Ayuk. My guess is Ayuk, because if he can't, if he struggles to cover someone and gives up a lot of yards, Debo is going to take him to town and, and, and Debo is have another two hundred yard game. So imagine if you blows way, if you
0: blow coverage on Debo. You're done. Like, you give Debo room to operate with, and it's it's over. And that's true for most of the 49ers receiving core. And that that is, is promising. Yeah, it, it honestly doesn't
1: matter between who it is, Debo or Ayuk, because Ayuk is – you give him that room, and he's going to do a very similar thing. He totally. might not do it at the, the level or speed of Debo, but he is not far behind by any means. No, so, and
0: and he's getting better every game.
1: Yeah, so I, I, I give – Trayvon Diggs, the, the credit for his 11 interceptions. That's crazy hard. That is a, a feat not many people can do. Some of them were tips, but hey. He also has an adorable
0: it. son. I don't know if you saw his son on Hard Knocks.
1: Oh, how could you not? Eight, well, not even Aiden on Hard Diggs. Knocks. He's become viral on so many things. Just them yeah. watching film together, him calling Dak Patrick Mahomes. Like, it's not just Hard Knocks. He's everywhere.
0: Yeah, cute kid, but sorry, Trayvon. We still want to win. You know, so, You know who his brother is? Have we talked about this?
1: Stephon Diggs.
0: Yeah, Trayvon Diggs is the brother of the Buffalo Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs. Kind of fun. And qua-
1: Quandre Diggs.
0: Are they all related? Is Quandre? So. I, I thought Quandre Diggs wasn't related, but I don't know why. Oh, I, I
1: thought that. I thought Stephon and Quandre were brothers before I even knew about Trayvon. I, I could
0: totally be wrong. Let's see. I think some of the keys.
1: I Honestly, mean, I just thing, assumed
0: they couldn't all be related. So let's see.
1: The thing I said last week was the two keys to success were um yeah they're not Quandre Diggs just, is
0: not related to stefan and, and trayvon Diggs.
1: got it i would say that uh two of the biggest things is again it's debo and our defense um if we get debo the ball a lot we see what happens we're used to this and we know what happens when we don't get him the ball a lot and of course i feel it's almost a cop-out saying like our defense is key but
0: yeah but it
1: is when when you watch the first half and then you watch the second half like that is that that point is proven right there um and i'm not i'm not trying to say my my point is proven simply for for mine but that just shows you for the niners specifically when they're able to have a powerhouse defense they win games they win championships hopefully when they have a defense like that
0: i think i think we definitely and i i I think there is a chance this defense is becoming that at just the right time, but we, we don't necessarily need an all out smothering performance from, from our defense, but we cannot, we cannot beat this team in a pure shootout. I don't think this 49ers offense is great. We're it is. It has become very, very good when Jimmy, you know, doesn't Jimmy things up, but I don't think we're winning a pure shootout. We need, we need some stops from our defense. We, we do need our defense to limit them. I don't know if we need them completely smothered. Obviously that's what we want, but the defense, like some teams can win games when their defense just does absolutely nothing. I don't think that's this 49ers team. And I really don't think that's this 49ers team against these Cowboys. So I, I do think the Niners are going to need to make stops in order to, in order to stay in this game. So I'm, I'm excited. I might be more, I'm, I'm, Probably most excited to watch the two defenses in this game because that Cowboys defense has, like you said, just been electric. And our our defense, I think, is really rounded into form. I kind of think this game is going to – I think even though the, like we talk about the Cowboys as this high-flying, exciting offense, I think this game is going to come down to whose defense can make the most stops, which I guess is probably what most games come down to now that I think about it and say that out loud.
1: I think it might come down to if the Niners can make stops on third down when yeah. they're on defense because that has been a problem for weeks and especially yesterday we will be great on first down, second down. When we're on defense, we'll get big stops. We'll get uh, sacks on those plays, but on third down, we cannot finish. We cannot force the team to punt very well, um, yep. at least early in their drive. And the thing to understand is the play call gets different at third down when you're, when you're third and 10, rather than third and two and, um, or, Second and whatever it is. I mean, first and second, you know, you've got more. When it's third down and this is the last chance you have if you want to punt or field goal, you it's a very different play call you see. But these guys are professionals. They've been doing it for years. It's not something like, okay, we've got a whole different thing coming our way. It's, it's different enough to where a shift needs to take place. And we have not seen that shift in our defense. They're still playing like it's first or second down. And they're getting beat every time on third down. Yeah. So that was a challenging thing to watch as well, and I think that that could be key for this next week.
0: Yep. And I I just could not be more excited. Um, I think Jimmy Jimmy's gonna play, barring he suffered some incredible setback on the thumb injury. I don't I don't think we see Trey at all, unless, and I, I think that's what that's what's for the best. I think we will. Well, there's gonna be tons of news to follow this week. It's gonna be fun. It's going to be thrilling. And yeah, it's going to be 49ers going back to face an old rival in the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm just so excited, excited to have the Niners in the playoffs. And even if it's a one and out situation, this season has been thrilling so much fun to cover. And I just, I hope it's not done yet.
1: Another note for us before we head out is these are, these are the things that win Niners games. Um, not a big difference here, but time of possession A little extra with overtime. Niners had 36 minutes, 44 seconds. Rams had 31 minutes, 24 seconds. We had more. That's what we're used to seeing. Total yards. Niners had 449 total yards. Rams had 265. That is a big difference. Yeah. That was shocking to read right now to see that that was – I mean, we had more passing, more rushing by over 100 each. Well, not 100 for rushing, but – that's just, that's a big difference in total yards. So that was something that was kind of shocking to see. Um, But that just shows you that those are the ways that we, we fight is the Yak bros, the Yak bros, it's the season for Yak bros. And that's what's winning us these games is those yards after catch um, and the defense coming in. And we didn't talk about him earlier, but I want to give Fred Warner, his credit. Fred Warner last year was arguably the best middle linebacker in the league in the years uh, in 2019 and 2020. But this year he struggled a little bit. Um, I've critiqued him a decent amount on our podcast. Uh yesterday he did phenomenal and he was a huge component to that defense. So I just wanted to throw some credit where credit is due before we head out.
0: Yeah, that was a, a great game. I just thought it was really a game of people of people stepping up, whether it was Ambry Thomas, uh McKivitz even at left tackle, Robbie Gold coming in and punting. And Seriously. that just makes this was a, a 49ers team gut it out win and that just makes me feel like anything can happen in the playoffs and so i don't we we made it and that that's huge and the the big thing is this 49ers team has like the Packers are the best team in football this season. The 49ers almost beat the Packers earlier this year. Like this team can hang with the best teams in the NFL. And so I don't, I don't know that we, that we do anything incredible in the playoffs, but I think we make some noise. And I think this game against the Cowboys is going to be exciting. And that ultimately is, is all you can ask as an NFL fan. So yeah, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us this regular season. And we're excited to be your guide through these NFL playoffs and enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend and just stay safe out there, everybody. Postseason time. Yep. Have a good one, everyone.